0: Get ready to call in with your questions and comments at one 472 5790 That's one 472 5790 Business Buzz is out to put the buzz back into your business. Here's your host, Frank Hellring.
1: Hey, can you hear the buzz? Welcome wherever you may be. You have found Business Buzz. I'm your host, Frank Kellering, and we're coming to you live, prime time, on the Voice America Business Network channel. And Business Buzz is brought to you today by On Fire Processing, where there is no burn, just earn. Well, hey, I don't know whether I'm a prophet or a predictor, but there it is in the headlines. Inflation surges 4.2% annually to a 13-year high in April didn't I say it? Deficit spending was going to lead to an inflationary economy. Well, let me tell you something. When that happens, costs start going up. And if you think merchant processing and that T-Rex, that carnivorous animal right there beside your merchant processing machine, isn't going to get hungrier, you need to pick up that phone right now and dial 833-866-3473. That's 833 833-866- 866 3473. Three, and get in touch with On Fire Processing today because they can put more black on your bottom line. To get in contact with Business Buzz, you can call toll free number 3 N O W B U Z. That's 877 seven, number 3 N O W B U Z. Or go to my show host website, which is Business Buzz. B-I-Z-Z-N-E-S-S-B-U-Z-Z dot com. Leave me a contact information. You want to be a guest on the show or you simply want to get something off your chest? Tell me all about your small business. That's the place to go. Well, shout out to our philanthropic, our charity up there in Spokane, Washington, Chaplain Joseph Havens. You have been sending out dozens and dozens and dozens of cookies to our first responders, our men and women in blue out there in the city of Spokane, over to Seattle, down to Portland, Oregon. Let me tell you something. He's all about supporting your community and your first defenders. Right now, you as a small business need to pay real close attention because he's going to bring forth Adopt-A-Cop. You heard it, Adopt-A-Cop, where you as a small business can adopt a small business in your local community and not only put cookies in their hands and sweeten their service, but shake their hands and tell them what a great job they're doing defending your small business. Well, let me tell you something. Shout out to Shine On Hollywood Magazine, who put me on the back cover of their magazine, interviewed me for the Oscars. Hey, Arnold Garcia, CEO out there, we're so glad to have you on board, and I'm telling you something. they advertise my show in 147 nations, just makes my skin go to goosebumps. So, if you're out there, Arnold, listen to the show, thanks so much for the bottom of our heart. Well, I'll tell you something. I looked on the internet today, and I found an interesting statistic in the economic forum of 2021 where it lists singapore as the number one nation on the face of the earth in economic freedom and guess where the united states of america is listed oh, i couldn't believe when i saw this number number 20 number 20 could it be that education has something to do with this i've got a guest on my show today dr sharon jones E.D.D. is the founder and CEO of Dot Dot Consulting and nonprofit Dottie Rose Foundation, where she leads and implements technology-focused education and innovation. Dr. Jones has found her passion in education and has served as a computer science expert for the past 20 years, bridging the gap between our everyday actions and the application of technology. Dr. Jones is a highly sought-after, a national award-winning computer science educator in the public school system and for corporate training. She has presented and been published nationally and internationally on data analytics, educational practices, and technology. Her book, A Recipe for Success Using SAS University, How to Plan Your First Analytics Project is being used in curriculum and classrooms across the country. Dr. Jones also serves as a member of the National Small Business Leadership Council, where she represents North Carolina. When not running the technology world, Dr. Jones spends her time with her husband Ricky and her two sons Ethan and Dylan, and their beloved dog Cooper. Dr. Jones, Dr. Sharon Jones of Coding the Future, and fellow co-host in Voice America, welcome to Business Buzz.
2: My goodness, thank you so much. I feel like um, that I forget sometimes what your bio says, and I'm like, wow, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, hey. Thank you're, you for you're having amazing, me, Frank.
1: You're an amazing piece of work. And let me tell you something. <laughs> with Voice America moving towards the show host advisory board, I am honored and privileged to have you now as the first show host that I've had on Voice America fulfilling Jeff Spinard's and Ryan Treasure's dream of audience conversion. But your awesome. bailiwick of education is really where I want to go in this first segment. Tell me okay. what's going on with education in your world, Dr. Sharon.
2: Oh wow, education. Well, as we all know, the past year has been quite a roller coaster in terms of facilitating and providing high level education for our students. And what we have seen over the past year, that's been really there has been ups and downs, right? So let's not say there's not there's always some good, some bad with the good, good with the bad, however you want to put it, you know. Um, not having the children in person has been a struggle. But one thing that has uh, been A good piece of the pandemic is the opening of educators and parents and those around us seeing technology as a great way to enhance and differentiate education. Being able to There's been a little bit of a fear, I think, from uh, in the education sector in terms of like thinking that technology is going to take away, but it's meant to enhance. And part of uh, the work that we have done over this past year is really to provide opportunities for our students to still receive that that face-to-face education, even though it's through a computer, but also uh, support our educators and teach them about how implementing teaching online, there can be quite some great benefits.
1: You know, Dr. Sharon, I live in the wonderful state of California, commonly known as the Gulag, okay, uh, (laughs) in some circles, you know, because uh, freedom uh, is something out here that we uh, used to cherish, and our educational system is moving towards two years now, two years that our kids have not been in a physical classroom. What's that going to do to the education module in this country?
2: You know, I think that's still up for debate, Frank. I'm not sure because this is what I've always believed in. I believe that there is great value in face-to-face education. There's nothing that will ever replace that. Building relationships, relationships with educators, with students, and all that in between is absolutely pivotal and important to the growth of our children and to the core pillar of what is education. But I've also seen great value in being able to differentiate and offer opportunities for students that are also via technology. And I think there's a place for both. I believe that we have to step foot in some effort to be face to face. I mean, there is great importance in that growing and the empathy that happens when you're in a classroom But I also believe that there's great value in providing opportunity for students to also be able to be at their own learning frontier and growing and using differentiated learning concepts through technology through um, other. uh, resources that we can provide to students, but my hope is is that, as we move forward, the core of how we do education will still be face to face, but we will leverage a bit more of that hybrid model and embrace all that comes with the computer science innovations and the tech innovations that can provide great value and resources to our students.
1: You know, Dr. Sharon, you and I connected because as I mentioned at the outset of the show, uh, I've been chosen to be on this host advisor board for Voice America, which is gonna be soon and upcoming, where we're gonna start taking a look at the measurability, scalability, and suitability of starting to merge show hosts to create audience conversion. Obviously, and you mentioned to me when we had our original phone call, you had a DJ background, right, in your <laughs> early yeah. years, and now you are a live talk show host on Voice America. What is it that caused you to become impassionate, to get on the radio like me?
2: You know, when I was in high school, I was actually quite shy. Actually, mostly shy most of my childhood. I was pretty vocal at home, but... I would be considered a nerd, I guess. When if you were to put me back into middle school, I um, am very academic and love. I'm not super sporty. I mean, there there are things I was really good at swimming, but um, I there was something about the radio that just gravitated to me even when I was a kid. And I was you mentioned I was DJ Sharky Sharon when I was in high school, and I had this dual cassette player, and I love music. I love all the, I think music is a great way that brings people together. It's a universal language. The, the beats just bring something within you and brings people together, much like my, my papa always said, food and fellowship. And I think music brings us together as well. So there was just something really cool and empowering about having a microphone and being able to share my thoughts and my views, and I was able to do so um, mostly because I wasn't that cool at school, and that was a way for me to share how I felt, but I would do it on my mixtapes. And you know, I actually, when I went off to college, I thought I was going to be a radio DJ, and I interned and found that it wasn't actually where I think, where where my um, passion was. Like, I loved everything about radio, but there was something missing in terms of making that my full-time career. So I kept boomeranging back to education, which I was running from because everybody in my family is an educator. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. But it is exactly what my passion was. But then because of technology and the way in which we are able to do radio now, radio came back into my life at the uh, probably five years or so ago when podcasting became a bigger component of how we began to, um, we could do that on our own. We didn't have to be at a radio station. And so that's really what brought me back. I was able to fulfill my passion of being able to share my thoughts and my views. And, you know, I think I have a pretty good radio voice. So it's been pretty fun.
1: You do, you know. And, you know, I've had many conversations with Jeff Bernard, the CEO of Voice America. They've been out there for 21 years, right? Yeah. And you hear the term today, SEO, MSO, you know. And a lot of small businesses have opened up their checkbooks and spent a lot of money on those two categories, you know, of trying to impact the social media world out there. But take a look at Voice America, 21 years in the business, I kind of equate them like the Mississippi River, you know, started out (laughs) as a trickle, you know, 21 years ago. Now it's this massive flow, you know, of going across this world. And we're like tributaries, right, on our shows. You started in March, I started in August. Whatever flows into our waterway goes into that massive river. Let me ask you a question. Where do you think IP protocol radio can not only help education, but also small business?
2: It's a great way to be able to share your um, intellectual property, your knowledge, your expertise, and bring in other individuals that are in the same category as you. There is this concept in marketing called "no like, and trust. And when you can develop those three pieces and you know really connect with your audience, being able to grow and develop your business becomes a much simpler, uh, becomes much more simple. So I believe the if you are if you're open to sharing thoughts and your expertise on how to do things, radio is really quite lovely because you can record with really using any device at this point, you don't have to fix your hair and you can still share your insights and do so quickly. And the great thing that I think about audio is that it is um, one of the keen ways in which people learn and so it's a, you, they can put it on their ears and they can multitask and they can still listen, but they're not having to stop and engage the other sense of watching. So there's this great way to be able to show your expertise, share what you know, do it in a quick way, do it in an easy manner, and be able to um, bring in more customers. You
1: know, watch Doctor Sharon that comment about not even being able to fix your hair. You know, there's a Voice America dot TV out there. <laughs> Supposedly, oh, when Voice America pulls that to the center, we may end up simulcast. So you might have to be worrying about that just a little bit more,
2: right? I had to fix my hair. I may have to wash it. So actually, yeah, yeah, maybe wash my hair and cut it <laughs> not, not I mean a ponytail. <laughs> but no, I do radio. love that piece about radio. Is that you don't always have to? I mean, it's a great way. There's something special to me about the audio piece and how you can connect and your voice can, in, in um, what's the word I'm looking, Uh, enacting imagination and think about things differently because when you're talking, when we're talking about this right now, people are already envisioning different scenarios in their heads about well, how could I do this or how could I do that, and I like that piece instead of even having that visual component where it's showing you, but now you could actually just imagine it for it to work for you.
1: You know, it's amazing from a radio standpoint of view, he turned the clock back. There used to be a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals called Dizzy Dean. OK, and when he lost his pitching ability, he found out he had a gift of gab, right? So they stuck him on a radio, but he totally butchered the English language. And so all the educators in the city of St. Louis tried to throw him off the air. And there were such protests from the kids because he knew how to, you know, basically create a baseball game that they kept him on. Isn't that about radio? You know, I mean, if you're a small business out there, you're communicating who you are, right? Absolutely. It's who you are. I don't care if the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, you communicate your heart.
2: Well, yeah, you're talking about your expertise. And there's a lingo that goes around with every area of expertise. I mean, you can think, gosh, education is known for our acronyms, right? Or the way in which uh, things are dubbed or implemented. How you are able to, and that's the key. What he was doing was speaking to his audience, which was kids about baseball and they could relate to him. And that's what matters. That's what matters. And he was connecting with an audience that found value in what he said, even if those beyond did not, his audience did.
1: You know, right now we are working, you know, very facitiously behind the scenes. Jeff Spinard, myself, Ryan Treasure, Jeff Gerstel, also my executive producer, who you know, right? Because he's your executive producer, uh, Robert Cialino. And and what we are crafting is a Chamber of Commerce network. And I'd like to pick that up, okay, in the uh, next segment of the show, Dr. Sharon, because I think you could be really, really instrumental in becoming part of that team. Hey, listen, we're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to Business Buzz for Frank Hellring live on the Voice of America Business Network, brought to you now by... Let Tip, L E T I P dot com, the biggest B2B networking group on the face of the earth. Listen, do you think your business is special? Yeah, it is, right? And it's a differentiation point that sets you apart from your competition. Well, let me tell you something. You need to get with letip.com today because you would be the only one, the only one in the room at that breakfast or lunch representing your business category. And let me tell you something, that makes you special. So you need to get in touch with letip.com today so they can get you plugged in. Well, let me tell you something. We're mixing it up right now with Dr. Sharon. She's education. She's small business. She's absolutely motivated to get her message out there. That's the reason why she's a live talk show host on voice America. We're going to be right back in two and two with more buzz for your business. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America.
0: Having Frank come speak at your event can motivate your team and your customers, which means he can also motivate the growth of your business. It's time to take it to the next level. Visit businessbuzz.com and watch things grow. You're listening to Business Buzz with your host, Frank Hellring.
1: Hey, we're back live. I'm your host, Frank Hellring on Business Buzz. I've got Dr. Sharon with me on the show today, fellow co-host, live co-host of Coding the Future on Voice America. And I believe your show's on Wednesdays, right? Is it on Wednesdays? You're right. It is on me.
2: Wednesdays. It goes live at two o'clock Eastern. So actually, right after our um, call, you can hop over to Voice America Business or actually we're on business. But at two o'clock, you're going to hear my show.
1: Son again. We're back to back business buddies. We I love it. You know, Sharon, I talked a little bit at the first segment at the end about the Voice America Chamber of Commerce Network, which we're beginning to craft uh, in, the, in the network. And, you know, it's very, very exciting what we're doing. And, you know, they gave me a statistic a few weeks ago that just absolutely rocked me. They kind of pulled the consumers out there, their attitude towards small business and the chambers and different things like that. And here's the answer they got. One third of the people out there today are totally stir crazy and want to come back right now out of this pandemic. They're going nuts being okay. put behind closed doors. The other third are sitting on the fence. They got their mug on one side and their womp on the other, and they're looking both directions as to whether or not they might come back to the small mm. business community. And then the other third is sitting on the fringe out here saying, we ain't ever coming back. That makes two-thirds of the consumers out here not coming back or thinking about coming back. How does that line up with what we talked about in the first half as far as what education can play? And you've got a terminology out there in your world called top tech tools. And I'd Mm -hmm. like to really kind of bring that forward because Chambers of Commerce are gonna learn about you through this show.
2: So here's the thing. This is what, again, that we talked a little bit about in the beginning about the power of technology. And I want people to think about this. The pandemic has been quite an interesting roller coaster, right? It put us all in a different uh, mindset. There's all there's a whole gamut that we could talk about. But let's think about this instead of thinking it from the negative perspective. How can we embrace this from a positive perspective? There's two pieces that I think are really important. Those of us that have been in the tech world have been using some type of face time meeting, Zoom, Google Meet, it was Skype, it's been any of those uh, uh, those varieties for, for many years and have leveraged the ability to still build business by having this tech tool, right? So if you're thinking about not coming back, there's absolutely no reason why you can't think about how you can still run your small business and use tech tools that will help grow and build you until you're ready to come back. So think about it this way. There's three segments that I think about when we are thinking about how do we use tools, technical tools to support us instead of be a hindrance. Like don't be afraid, don't be afraid. One is communication. Number two is security. And number three is mobile connection, all right? We do so much of our work now via our cell phones but there have been numerous innovations and platforms that everything that we do now can be on your laptop and on your phone and or on your iPad. So you can FaceTime, Zoom, Google Meet, Microsoft Teams, um, Skype, whatever your choice, and still create a connection, even if you're fearful about stepping back into the small business sphere. We cannot let our small businesses not continue to be the backbone of this country, it is important we employ so many individuals within our own communities and we provide that local yet global ability for communities to come together. The other piece is thinking about that communication, leverage some of that social media, leverage your email accounts, leverage thinking about how do I use video conferencing and texting to still communicate with my audience? How do I take e-commerce? So if you have a um, brick and mortar store, I have seen such creativity in our small business community of leveraging social media and e-commerce to still sell their goods and still create their business you know so i think i hear that people are nervous about coming back but there is a way in which we can utilize our tech tools to help us continue to to build business and also streamline and automate you know when you're thinking about some of the menial tasks that you know sometimes we get stuck in the minutia of every day, part of what tech has been put out there for is we can build a bot that can answer questions on our website. So if you're worried about being inundated with questions, we can set up a bot that is a chat bot that says that can fill X amount of questions using artificial intelligence and machine learning. We can, we can take a look at your inbox and completely be able to use what we call conditional statements or functions to really streamline, is this junk mail? Does this need to be tagged for this label? Who could this, there are certain words that we can look at, we can clear out your inboxes. We can think about, think about this. Tech is not meant to be something that is a wall. It's meant to help enhance what you're doing and make what you're doing better. For me, it's helped me actually launch as an entrepreneur. I've been an educator for Oh goodness, a long time, 20 years. And I really did not dream that I would be sitting right here talking to Frank, saying that I'm an entrepreneur, but technology allowed me to do that. It allowed me to create a website, a YouTube channel, a way to record videos. Oh my goodness, screen recording, you guys. Utilize screen recording to share your information. Where they can see your face and then still see you interacting. I mean, it's super cool. There's also this wonderful new um, avenue that's happening. Where it's uh, there's a couple different companies that are doing it, but it's like creating a spatial opportunity where you come in and you log in and you're you're like in you're in a room, but you have your <laughs> like your little heads in a circle and you can move around the room and talk to different people, but not hear people in other parts of the room so cool. There's just different ways that we can still engage, create relationships and content by taking stock of how we use technology and where it could fill in where we may have some gaps.
1: You know, Dr. Sharon, you you heard me talk about one of my advertisers, litip.com, who's number one in B2B networking in the United States. But even they have had to go to this, you know, Zoom uh, application to basically keep, you know, God knows how many chapters together in the United States yeah. and, and in foreign fields, but B2B, they understand, right? B2C, I don't think the small business owner out there really knows or can contemplate the value of that term, but Amazon does. Alibaba yeah. does. EB, eBay does. Costco does. Walmart does. They know the value of business to consumer, What do you think technology and how can a role of technology play in helping small businesses educate the value? They need to get in this B2C realm, and they need to get in there yesterday.
2: So here's the thing. I want you to think about this. You could sit sit down and just make a list of the different touch points that you have with some type of technological device or application in a day and how you use it. How do you use social media? How do you use software on your computer? How do you use your smart TV? How do you use Alexa, Google Home? Whatever the case may be, think about how you use it. And then put yourself in the position of what your consumer might use it for. And how can you leverage what you do through those same entities that your consumer uses? It used to be, Frank, honestly, and probably even just 15 years ago, that being able to build an accessible website through, to create an e-commerce website, you would have to hire a very large firm to do this. But now, you have access to WordPress, Wix, GoDaddy. I mean, my goodness, if you choose a platform via GoDaddy, you can build a website within five minutes of purchasing your web domain. There is so much more opportunity for you as a small business to access these tools to be able to use to grow your your, um, your brand and your presence. Honestly, if you are a small business that doesn't have some type of mobile or online or digital presence, you're missing a really big chunk of who your customers are, especially be, because the generation behind us is very digital and very tech savvy in terms of using tech. They will Google something in a heartbeat I and mean, it's becoming an part of our vernacular. I mean, you and I used to go to the phone book, right? And open up the phone book and see what we could find or you would go and um, search in some other capacity. I mean, I guess Yahoo and then Bing and all the other things, but people Google things now. I mean, you need to have some type of presence, but it's not as difficult as you may think.
1: Yeah, I was in the insurance game for 17 years, my dear. We used to use a Thomas guide to find
0: out what the <laughs> geographical point was
1: of the front door we were after. Now you have GPS. You know, you hit on a point about the this upcoming generation, which is a huge passion of mine right now on this show. I'm very, very concerned, Dr. Sharon. When I walk into a Denny's restaurant, I see four kids sitting at a booth. They're all got their heads down looking at the screens of their, you yeah. know, their smartphones, and not an ounce of conversation is going on in between them. Small business represents seven out of 10 business owners out here that are my age. I'll be 69 in a few days. Who's gonna step into these big shoes we're leaving behind call small business, which is the backbone of this country as you so aptly said, when we've got a generation out here of millennials, which is a bigger birth generation than the baby boomers and they don't know how to communicate doc,
2: Oh boy, this is a deep conversation, Frank, because I, this is a question that I get asked all the time because I am such a proponent of using technology. But as I've mentioned before, I believe in the power of, of having a blended approach. Tech is meant to be there to help facilitate and create a, uh, an ease of implementing content, but it's not meant to take away the conversation that we have at the table or the conversation that you have with your friends, right? It is a big it is a big hurdle, and I am not sure that I have the answer to it yet. I do think that some of what happens with our young people, depending on their age, I mean, think about it a little bit like this way, right? Even though we've got young people sitting at a Denny's table that are interacting on their phone, if we can imagine being that age, if you all can step back, you can imagine how awkward and uncomfortable it was and one thing that the phone provides is this level of abstraction where you can say things and sometimes that makes you feel more comfortable some it also has led to other things like i said before there's good and there's bad with everything right so i'm not totally dissuaded by our young people i think that even though we are struggling a little bit with them communicating as they get older it that it seems to return back to having face-to-face conversation, and I can say from my work that I do with middle school girls, they are still yearning for that attention, for that conversation and that belief and that confidence. And the moment that you're able to stop and make a connection with them, the phone goes down and they don't pick it back up. So there's hope. It's just a matter, I think, of how we continue to engage with the youth. And partially, you know, we all had our own sense of the way in which we interacted with each other when we were younger. I used to have a notebook that had notes in it that I'd pass from <laughs> back and forth at during school. And, you know, um, I still have faith that it's all going to be OK, Frank. I think right now that's just they're part of their their way of learning and growing.
1: You know, I've got kids myself. You know, I had two sons, you know, from a previous marriage. Uh, my wife passed away from cancer at age 40, unfortunately. And I learned what it was to be a single dad, you know, in a hurry at age 10 and 13. I'm remarried. I have my beautiful wife. We will celebrate our 29th anniversary uh, this coming July. But, you know, the youth out there are absolutely the future of America, right. you know, and you don't hear, other than send them to the voiding, voting booth, right, to fulfill an agenda, you don't hear an educational stance towards the millennials, and I think there needs to be one. Would you agree with that?
2: Yeah, and when you say educational stance, what what is your thought behind that?
1: My thought behind this is we need to get some mentors raised up out of the small business community and put together some communications platforms to start driving millennials to those platforms to get educated about what it is to become a small business.
2: So I'm so glad that you brought that up Mr. Frank because I actually in my show this week I actually spend quite a bit of time about thinking about how we can creatively support education and how do we begin to create this stance as you mentioned around what it means to to support our young people and one of my key pillars is that partnership between businesses and community. Businesses and community need to come together and show the intermingling of how what we're teaching in the classroom is so important for what they're gonna do when they leave the classroom and how when we're intermingling outside in the real world, how important it is for the businesses to share with educators what they're looking for and what they need. Problem solving, tech tools, reading, right, whatever it is, what they need so that we as the educators can help prepare our students so it needs to be a partnership and yes there needs to be a stance that it is mandatory that there is community in development and involvement and I don't mean the community dictating I mean a partnership between what's happening in the four walls of a school and what's happening outside in the community.
1: You know, this show, uh, basically, over the last couple of months, we've been hitting the top 1% uh, of all live top shows, you know, in the globe, as far as IP Protocol Radio. And thank you very much to my sponsors out there and also my listening audience right now. But that's not what's important. I'm not here to make fans for Frank Hellring. I'm here to help small businesses come up out of this ashes as the phoenix that they deserve to be. I really believe, Dr. Sharon, that... We need to maybe collaborate. We're going to get into that in Business Watch as soon as we get out of this break. uh, And talking about the fact that we could literally put a forum together, right? We could put a forum together and bring in really talented small business people to come into that forum and then put the outcall across Voice America to have millennials join us maybe week to week, okay, where we can come in and we can start mentoring them and educating them and pointing them in the right direction where they can change their lives and realize that they're not just sitting in classrooms just to get some $15 an hour job, which is what the politicians want to pay them and corporate America. That's not what this is all about. This is about bringing entrepreneurship back and ownership, ownership, of your own small business to create your own world. That's what my show's about. I believe that's what your education platform's about. And with that, we're going to take a quick break here. You're (laughs) listening to Business Buzz on the Voice America Network. Frank Helling live, your co host Is is Dr. Sharon Jones today. I look at her that way. You are co-host today because our shows are beginning to merge. It's really kind of exciting what's going on here. Listen, we're brought to you by now, Business Group Resources. Do you realize that you could be tipping the IRS? I don't know about you, but when I was in business for years, any insurance business, any equities business, and I had to file taxes, it didn't say tip on the checkbox on the 1040. But guess what? You are tipping the IRS if you're not taking advantage of the R&D tax credit that's been around, believe it or not, since the Reagan administration and ratified by every United States president all the way up to present day. You need to pick up the phone right now and dial 877-857-857. 6875 and get in touch with my good buddy out there, Ken DeVose of Business Group Resources, 877 857 6875, and learn what you're entitled to and the IRS owes you plus 6% compounded tax-free interest. I don't know about you. I want tax-free interest from the IRS. You better pick up that phone right now. We'll tell you what, we're mixing it up with Dr. Sharon Jones. We're talking about education. We're talking about small business. We're talking about millennials getting educated and coming back into the small business community to make a difference for America. And we're going to be right back in two and two with more buzz for your business. Hey, we're back live now on Business Watch. This is the segment of the show where we open up the phone lines in Phoenix, and you can call in live and mix it up with me and Dr. Sharon Jones. I'll tell you what, you need to pick up that phone right now and dial 866-472-5790, 866-472-5790, and you can be speaking to Frank and Dr. Sharon Jones right here on Business Watch. Well, I'll tell you what, we have three watchwords, Dr. Sharon. On Business Watch, which are meet, collaborate, and grow. Let me tell you something. When I first meet somebody, I don't know them. I got to like them if I'm going to do business with them, right? So we're right past that because I'll tell you what, Dr. Sharon, I really like you. I like you a lot. (laughs) The second one is collaborate. And collaborate is where we take intellectual property, which is the essence. It's the guts. It's the modus operandi that segments your business out and makes it special. We have to find a way that my collaboration of my intellectual property and your intellectual property fit and right. then last but not least is grow. Grow is probably the most important because right now we've been subjected to EIDL loans from SBA, 3PP loans, you know, from SBA. And now we turn around and the governor of the state of California, commonly known as the Gulag, has put out the California relief bill without legislative approval in Sacramento. Thousands of businesses signed up for this puppy with now no hope of getting it because the legislature hasn't approved it. Let me tell you something, Dr. Sharon, is there a way to collaborate between our two shows? You got
3: the floor.
2: Oh yeah, I think the thing that's so powerful about what the conversation that we're having is when we are in school, and I think this is something that happens, we are um, not always given the, Let I mean, let me repeat that. When we're thinking about how we're leveraging education, one of the things that we need to think about is the power of what is not already there. So, we need to be preparing students for jobs and opportunities that haven't even come down the turnpike yet, right? And what that means is preparing them with problem solving, critical thinking, communication. Now... Those pieces leverage across a lot of different platforms. That's basic communication. That's basic writing skills. but That's also including technological innovation, because we're in the era now that where technology is going to continue to be a part of our everyday interactions. And then think about you said this earlier, your path as an individual may not be at a corporate entity. It is likely going to be somewhere within a small business. And when we say small business, remember how we clarify that it means it could be from one person up to even 50,000, not quite 50,000, but up to maybe 50 million or so, I think is where they say where they classify there's a, there's a number there, right? So a small business may even be something you don't even realize is a small business, but is really contributing to the community and the financial impact of the community or Making your own drive and what do you want to do, and what your passion is, and stepping forth into creating your own small business and your own path for success. So, for me, thinking about how our shows uh, interact is providing confidence and excitement around leveraging your skill set, using some technology, and really stepping into your worth. Of what it means to run your business, and also think about this: even if you're deciding that running your own business is not your jam, you can be an entrepreneur where you are innovating and being a leader within your own company and helping to take that own that said company to the next level.
1: I agree with you, Doctor Sharon. Hey, we got a live call in. opened up the phone lines, and it happens. Hey, we got an Alfreda out there. Alfreda, how you doing? Welcome to Business Watch. Where are you calling in from? Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, I love that part of the world. I was born and raised in Virginia, actually Washington, D.C., and translated to Virginia. Okay. Alfreda, what's on your okay. mind today for Frank or my wonderful guest, Dr. Sharon Jones?
4: Um, well, in, in listening to the conversation about the business connections to the schools, I'm very familiar with that uh, at the school. I currently serve at Wilson STEM Academy. We are a middle school and we have a partial magnet, which we endeavor in STEM uh, curriculum. And within that, we have worked collaboratively, in fact, worked with Dr. Jones on many projects, uh, getting our students engaged in not only the academics, but taking that academics to the business level, getting them familiar with how businesses Function and how science, engineering, technology, and math actually play into the business world, and how what they can learn in the school, they can take that a step beyond. We have, uh, through Dr. John, we have incorporated what was called Work at, uh Friday. Well, at one time it was called Work at Wednesdays, but now we had Work at Fridays because we changed the date, and where we had business people come in, actually talk to our students about what they do, talk to them um, how that learning the areas of STEM can plays into how they do their businesses and how they do them well. So we have tried to open that particular avenue to all of our students and letting them see that academics is not just, as I think I heard you state earlier, for them to be able to get a regular job, but it's for them to actually go beyond that and do more and learn more and actually take those things into, businesses, and to learn how to one day have their own. So we've been delving delving, um, a lot in that particular aspect. You
1: know, Frida, what you said was music to my ears, because as a small business owner, all I wanted to do was get out of my office on Fridays, right? And now what you're (laughs) doing is getting a small business to come out of there after a wealth of knowledge, right, that uh, he's put in, you know, between those ears of his from Monday to Friday, and you're now bringing that to Right. Questioning uh, minds the, and hearts. That's before exciting. Before the
4: pandemic, yeah, because before the pandemic, they came in person. And the students got to actually see these people and actually uh, have them talk about what they do. And then when we when the pandemic hit, we had to go virtual. But it was just as popular and just as fulfilling uh, for the students. I think sometimes the virtual gave them more of an opportunity uh, to actually see, because uh, many of them were uh, televising through the Zoom from where they work. So it kind of gave a little bit more a uh, perspective on what those uh, they did, as opposed to them j- just coming into the building. You know, yeah, Dr. You know, Sharon, was- I
1: think you got a seat filled here for the beginning of an advisory board for Education of Millennials. What do you think?
4: Yeah, I mean, this
2: is the thing that was been so powerful about this. When you mentioned about having that mentorship piece, you know, what Dr. Reynolds mentioned is the first when we did, we started this a couple of years ago, where we would we were wanting to bring more people into the building. And I was going to mention to Dr. Reynolds if, in just a second about the impact it's had on the students, right? Because here's the piece: this is what I just said a minute ago. We have to prepare our students for jobs that we don't even know are out there yet. I mean, the word data science, the word. Um, uh engineer uh, web engineering or cloud engineering or cloud architect wasn't even in the vernacular when i was in high school right or even 10 years ago i can remember sitting on the couch of my friend who worked at ibm talking about building this thing called the cloud and i was like the what i mean that was uh probably 15 years ago you know so but i think the power behind it is we had the highest attendance rate at the end of last year when we did this Work It uh, Friday from students so excited to see somebody and hear them talk about how they're implementing the skills they're learning in school in their everyday life. And what kind of impact do you think that had, Dr. Reynolds, on the students?
4: Oh, I think it had a fabulous impact. I have had uh, so many students that have inquired about other other stem opportunities i've had students to inquire about um what they could do in the summer so it has really given them a look at hey math is not just math science is not just science there's more to it and um i as i I said earlier i had a couple of meetings um yesterday working with the high school and students that were uh, part of our EC program and the program that they were going to go to in high school. And what they're doing for those students, they're putting them on that, it's called an OSC track where they actually learn how to get a job and how to maintain a job and all the dynamics that go along with it. And I thought, I said, that should be something along this scale that's available for all students so that because there are some students who can actually do other things other than academic and may not want to go to college. And I told them, I said, there are jobs out there that don't require a college education, but they can learn tech skills and they can learn all the dynamics and move right into doing things that they love and they're capable of doing. So you're right, Sharon, there's so much out there that we don't even know about. And people are just coming up with ideas to perfect what we currently are doing. And it's just a matter of, hey, making it happen and people actually jumping on board and latching with it. And we want to try to make sure we give those opportunities to the kids.
1: You, bet. you know, ladies, we're moving about three minutes in the show. If you read my show description, I have three watchwords. You're going to find you know me long enough. You're going to find I use watchwords like a track to run on. And the first word mm-hmm. was relationship. Okay, Mm, relationship. And the second word was unity. We heard that from President Joseph A. Biden on the Capitol steps, right? January the 20th. And the third is the law of reciprocity. Okay, all three of those are absolutely necessary for small business to come back together. But the ultimate word is unity. Would you agree with me that right now we are not a unified nation and we better get there in one quick hurry, especially with the small business community? Because right now, small businesses are being knocked off like 10 pins out there.
2: I would agree that if we do not come together, that this is the this is the way you're going to see the dreams come true and the way we're going to make, uh, make forward progress is that we all come together and we walk in the same direction. If we are polarized, and that's been happening for years, it doesn't matter really who, it, it, the polarization has been happening. But the truth of the matter is we all want to have a level of success, we all want to have uh wealth and whether that's money or health or wherever however you see wealth right and the relationships we are better together we actually can grow and become truly changed if we come together and do that shared intellectual property and grow together and have conversations that's one thing we mentioned too about the exposure and the opportunity If we stay in a box or in a circle, we'll never understand what's beyond that. So we have to have that exposure.
1: I'm so glad you said that Dr. Sharon Jones. Dr. Jones, I'm so glad we had you on Business Buzz and Business Watch today. This has been an incredible show. Alfredo, thanks so much for calling in. Don't be a stranger. We want you to see you see you stay in touch with us. Listen, thank you for tuning into Business Buzz today. If you'd like to be a guest or you have a business that needs to elevate your brand and expand your reach, you can reach us at 877 number three nowbuz or get in touch with my show host website at businessbuzz.com. To learn more about the show and our advertisers, you need to go to voiceamerica.com. Click on biz, drop down menu, takes you to business buzz. You'll see right there, I've got banner ads right up there on my show host description page that'll talk to you about on fire processing, latip.com and business group resources. Well, I'll tell you what, you need to tune in next week on this show. I've got my newly hired publicist, Billie Jean Easley. She's going to be coming on the show with me. I'll tell you what, publicist is very, very important to advance and elevate a show. So you're going to meet my new publicist and she's bringing on, get this, Remember a name called Papadopoulos, Papadopoulos, Nick Papadopoulos. Boy, he was all over the media a couple of years ago. Well, his significant other just launched a new fashion line. And we're going to be talking about that new business, which is all about what this show does, which is elevate your brand, expand your reach. So you need to be tuning in next week where we're going to bring more buzz for your business.